Hello and welcome to a special edition of Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians. Um, I'm here with Ryan, who's back. Uh, Yo. We are doing a special edition today, Ryan. We are going to take a conspiracy theory uh, from a pretty old movie, and then uh, we're going to argue it on both sides of the aisle. One of us will take the point, and the other person will take the counterpoint. Today's okay. theory okay. is... Was Grandpa Joe really the villain of the piece in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, we're not going to bother going into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because okay. it's really the same thing, but I prefer the original. As much as I like uh, Johnny Depp, I don't. I always watch the original over the over the uh, new reboot. I didn't hate the uh, reboot, but I definitely preferred the old one. There's a new one coming out. Really? Yeah, with uh, Timothy Chalamet, the kid from Dune, is going to play Willy Wonka. I think it's a prequel, oh, okay. actually. Yeah, right. I can see that, I guess. Yeah. So he's going to be much younger than the uh, Johnny Depp version or Gene Wilder version of uh, Willy Wonka. So that's going to be interesting. So um, how, how do you want to do this, bud? Do you want to do you want to bring up a point, and then I'll uh, I'll argue uh, against why why. Grandpa Joe is um, is the villain. Uh, yeah, we can definitely do that. All right, uh, we'll, we'll play it out. We'll see how it goes. We'll probably mix it up as it goes along. But um, sounds like fun. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you start. I know this is a fan theory that's all over Reddit, and there's a whole bunch of others that we that we found that we're going to go over. But for today, it's just the uh, the Grandpa Joe being a villain. Take it away. Okay. All right. So uh, as we know. Uh, the grandparents, uh, they lay in bed. They lay in bed all day while their daughter uh, works her hands to the bone, trying to feed everybody, and then they complain about the soup that she gives them. Uh, I think first off, uh, you know, they could definitely serve some sort of purpose doing something. I'm sure there's some skill they have that would have been beneficial at the time, uh, even if it was doing better with uh, trying to race Charlie, because from what, what you see in the movie, they seem to do nothing but argue with each other. So what you're saying is that she should have used them as, like, uh, <laughs> sewing slaves or something? Let them sit well, there and sew the all day long? They're benefiting from her work. They should be able to contribute somehow. Yeah, if she was smart, she'd have... Uh bought cloth or, or found as much cloth as she could and had them sew it together and make uh, tailored suits or something. I don't know. Could have made more money doing that while she was off uh, doing the laundry is all it really looked like. What what was her job? I don't even remember what her job was. Uh, I don't know if they gave her like, a description of exactly what her job was, but uh, what you see is her yeah, laundering clothes. I know that the husband's job in the new movie... Even though I don't think we... Uh, did he even exist in the original movie? No. So I know his job was working for the toothpaste factory or something <laughs> in the reboot. Don't quite remember what his job is, but I know his job is at the end. He uh, he fixes the machines that uh, put the toothpaste together. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> uh, I mean, you don't see him at all, and they don't really talk about him at all. I, I haven't, unfortunately, movie. read the book at all. Um, uh, same. I really should, especially with this new one coming out. 
I should get down to reading the book. So what you're saying is is that he's not contributing anything. I I just I honestly think that he's not contributing anything because he's a lazy piece of shit. Doesn't necessarily mean he's the villain of the piece. Um, he also could have bad arthritis, although you could argue that that doesn't really well, make that, any sense. That point is is going to be coming up in a moment. So let's finish up this point. Yeah, I don't. And we'll get to I think in physical capability. I don't think in in any way he's contributing because number one, he's definitely retirement age. So why should he be contributing? Secondly, I don't even know if that's his daughter. Personally, can't tell if it's his daughter or, or he's just the the father-in-law. Well, she I mean, does... he still lives in her house, and like whether or not they have a house may hinge on whether or not him and the other. Uh, parents. It also seems that they don't. They live in a very. Uh, I mean, this this could arguably be right around the 1920s. You know, they could be uh, poverty stricken because of um, lack of work or lack of available work, and his options are kind of limited when it comes down to that. So, I uh, maybe he's a lazy piece of shit. Maybe he's just retired and doesn't feel like he should be contributing anymore, or he had a bad accident. And he should be on disability, but they don't have disability just yet. Now, that's not, that's my argument. Take it or okay. leave it. Okay. That's it, argument part one. All right. Let's 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 continue. What uh, What's your next point? All right. Well, my next point is, uh, you know, as soon as there's something that could benefit him, he's, you know, jumping up out of bed, showing that he's, you know, not crippled. He's not disabled. He's taking full advantage of uh, his daughter or daughter-in-law and his grandson. And uh, he, like, he gets up and he, he dances around like he's been you know jumping around the house as soon as they both leave. He could honestly be a meth addict. We don't know. He could have taken a crack pipe before that kid got there. I'm pretty sure they didn't have crack at that uh, time. That was an invention of the CIA to help... Um, destroy or should i say not help destroy minorities or minority to, to stabilize yeah. a poor neighborhood that's it that's the word i was looking for to stabilize poor neighborhoods and uh create a racial disparity that uh, would be difficult to come back from so yep that's that but we're not talking about this we're talking about grandpa joe grandpa joe i honestly i can't argue too much about this one that doesn't really make him a villain he's just lazy he uh he obviously takes advantage of his uh, daughter slash daughter-in-law, we don't know. But as far as taking advantage of the kid, I mean, yeah, it seems like the kid's got a bit of uh, an attachment to his grandfather. But then again, look at the other ones that he's got to choose from. I mean, we all had that one grandparent that we liked the most, most likely because they were more active than the other three. And he seems like he's the more active of the, of the four um, grandparents that we get to see. So the, the attachment... Not so much being the kid being naive, but the fact that he's the only grandparent that he's got is is that one because the other three look like they're just right on death's door. Yeah, the that's, other three don't don't say much. I don't know if that's uh, a thing from the book or if it's just the uh, you know they didn't want to pay these people to to say lines. Yeah, screen um, screen but, actor skill uh, stuff and all that. But all right, but Charlie's out there. He's he's running the paper routes. Uh, you know, he's contributing to like his family's needs, even though children really shouldn't have to. But he is. 
because he, you know, he feels like he has to. We're not really sure when this, when the time period exactly is. Exactly, turning him down. So yeah, I don't know about it, the time. It appears to be either like 1920s or maybe like around World War Two. Yeah. So time period-wise, child labor laws weren't exactly a thing. So right. And, Having kids and, uh, just contribute to I mean, whatever. We don't they even could. know if this is a world where that even happened. So yeah, uh, this is obviously a world that isn't real. It's just whatever whatever city he's in is seems yeah. to be. I don't even know whether or not he's partially in... poverty struck. Like what country he's in or anything like that. Yeah, because as far as movies are concerned, because it kind of feels like in the second one that they're in England. Whereas right. in the first one, it feels like they're in some weird rural suburb of uh, the U.S. somewhere. Yeah, it could really either be like a, a suburb uh, or in the U.S. or in the like European Union somewhere. I mean, other than Johnny Depp, I believe that most of the actors were, most of the actors, I should say, with few exceptions, were um, English in the second one. And well, in they the make a, like a huge deal of Mike TV being American. Oh, yeah. I think the kids themselves were probably American, but it felt like everyone else was British. Like, Charlie was British, and so was his dad, and I believe his mom. I don't really remember her in the second movie. Grandpa Joe, it just it looked like he was going to die at any moment in the second movie. Yeah. But um, just I, I come back to this lazy piece of shit kind of grandfather who just happens to have a child's uh, undying affection, and he's just full of life. I mean, who wouldn't be full of life when the uh, when a kid like Charlie just won a uh, golden ticket to go see? A, first of all, why are you freaking out about going to see a chocolate factory? Number one, I don't understand that, so I'm not really in his headspace there. Secondly, oh, what in the hell kind of world do they live in? where no one can just go tour a chocolate factory in the first place. I mean, when was the last time you walked up to a chocolate factory? Like, just, can I, can I go in? I don't live near a chocolate factory. So? I mean, we're kind of we're kind of blessed around here because we have a um, an ice cream factory. I think it's in Akron. Uh, in Akron, New York. Uh, Perry's Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. It's fairly close. It's probably 45 to minutes to an hour away. We could go there and walk up and say, can we tour the place? I don't know about during COVID still, but I remember going there when I was a Boy Scout and got to tour it. It was pretty exciting, but I don't really see the appeal of going there just for the sake of going there. I mean, he seems definitely too excited to go for yeah. like someone of his age. And it doesn't appear to be excitement for charlie to go it seems like excitement that he wants to go and uh you know so he's not excited about the fact that charlie just won he's excited about the fact that charlie has won but he's the one who's really going kind of thing right like he he basically supersedes uh his daughter daughter daughter-in-law is like i'm gonna go and take charlie and he's like just okay I mean, maybe this guy just had a terrible goddamn childhood. Nothing ever happened to him. He worked his whole goddamn life, and then all of a sudden, he's still poverty-stricken, and his his grandson has just won a golden ticket. And um, out of the blue, his son, his grandson's like, "Ah, oh, you know what? I'll I'll take Grandpa Joe if you'd like to go." And the daughter, you could tell she's she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is fucking ridiculous." 
This is bullshit. A slave. I don't get to go to the chocolate factory. Mm -hmm. But uh, this guy could have had a terrible childhood. This could be the literally biggest thing that's ever happened in his life. You can't blame him for being a little excited to be able to go. And forgetting about his his uh, his grandson for a little bit at all. Uh, I mean, that seems like a little uh, excusey for for someone. I'm that's, not uh, telling him he's a, there's an excuse, but we actually don't we don't get to see the aftermath of that right. whole scene. He could have been like Charlie. This is the best thing ever. I really appreciate you. I love you. Something like that. All we get to see is. I've got a golden ticket, and he's jumping around like a goddamn madman because this is probably the highlight of his entire life. Because it doesn't look like he's had a good run, as of as far as we know. Well, the last couple of years have been rough, but he could have had a great life. He could have been could have been Mr. Uh, Millionaire. You know, lost yeah. it all in the stock market. We exactly. Don't know. Yeah, he could have been he, he could have been shorting GameStop. You know. <laughs> What a, AMC or GameStop. AMC he or was, GameStop. He's a horrible person. I could have he just could be uh, could someone be a, who used his wealth to to manipulate the poor, and now he's getting his just desserts. But now he's gonna take advantage of his grandson, who uh, who is the one who found the ticket, by the way, with not him. with the encouragement from his grandfather to pursue chocolate to get that golden ticket. I, I believe we can we can infer from the scene where he buys a piece of chocolate skipping his pipe tobacco for the day to buy a piece of chocolate so that his son has the opportunity or his grandson has the opportunity to win i mean what kind of bullshit is that he he has money for pipe tobacco every day but he doesn't have money to maybe like help fix the house i mean he's like that house is in bad shape it's probably him donating blood and semen at this point, I mean, one can hope because if he's uh, not mixed together for the not, yeah, for the not, audience um, at home, it's definitely not mixed together. I don't recommend that. Would you it, consider that some sort of um, aioli? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> some sort of hollandaise sauce. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Ugh. No, Ugh. I think we can infer that is from that scene. Regardless of the fact that he can afford pipe tobacco, because that is a is a whole other point that we'll get to in a second, is that he's even if his rationale is motivatedly negative or negatively motivated, he's still motivating his uh, his grandson in a pretty good direction. Say don't let don't let life get you down when you're poverty stricken. Pursue your dreams no matter what. That's the kind of inference I can make from that scene. You see, I'm I'm going to paint that as uh, corrupt motivations because they already knew what the prize for winning would be. They knew it would be a trip to the chocolate factory with a chance to win a lifetime supply of chocolate. Uh, so he he was using his grandson as a bridge to get take that uh, you know another amenity. So he's already. Uh, manipulating his daughter or daughter-in-law to get him money for pipe tobacco every day. And now he's manipulating his grandson to take a risk to get him chocolate every day. It's not necessarily that he wanted the chocolate every day. He probably doesn't eat chocolate very much. 
And he well, probably, yeah, that's why he wants it. No, I mean, he probably was trying to realizing the kind of um, the kind of uh, lucrative deal that is winning a lifetime supply of chocolate. You don't know if that means that anytime you want chocolate, that you just order a pallet full and they bring it. So he orders a pallet full and he sells off half to three quarters of it and saves the rest for the family. And they've got a little dessert plus a little extra money because chocolate's expensive. Especially <coughs> back then, it was probably super expensive. I mean, how much was one of those freaking Wonka bars? I don't even remember. Did he save uh, just like two bits or something? Something like that. I, I, I genuinely don't remember. I, I honestly don't remember either. Because th- all I remember is the candy man was sticking out his hand and said, uh uh-uh. uh. Come on, hand over the cash. It seems seems like it was like twenty five or fifty cents for a chocolate bar, which back, yeah, which back then was probably super expensive. So uh, you have to. It was during the depression. Yeah, that would be outrageous. Yeah, so I, I think he was thinking of it as a lucrative deal. I don't think his motivations were completely corrupt in that one. In that case, I I don't know. I I, I particularly believe that he he probably. Didn't have the purest of motivations. I think in some in some ways you're right, but I don't think that he was as corrupt as you think. I think he was just doing things that seemed corrupt when he had uh, the best intentions. I think they're corrupt in context. You can suck my dick. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. We can we can't get we can't get like that. Can't get like that. <laughs> what's your neck? What's what's what do you got? Let's what other ammunition have you got time. here? Okay, okay, so we're trying to paint... I'm trying to say that he is the villain, so he's the negative motivating force throughout the the movie. So I, we've yeah, already we seen s- that he is a lazy piece of shit. That, <laughs> that I can agree with. takes money from the family <laughs> coffers to get himself uh, a little treat, and I think is ultimately motivated by the chance for extra treats when... Uh, Charlie does uh, get the ticket. Make him sound uh, like now, a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Extra uh, treats. I mean, people are basically animals, and that's how they behave. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, in in the the factory, you know, yeah, it's this land of wonder, and really, things are just unbelievable. But you see, as the time goes by, that things are getting more and more dangerous. And you have several of these children, yeah, through their own actions, but also like in an environment that you would think would be uh, safe if you're bringing children on a tour. He, he's not just like, yo, Charlie, let's get it. It's that's literally like the last thing he does is say, let's go. And that's like after six kids have already presumably either, you know, been rescued and suffered grievous harm or died i'm sorry can you say that one more time you you think that he's enjoying the fact that these children are dying i think that he sees the danger but is more motivated by greed than for safety for himself or his grandson but i'm sure he didn't believe that he would suffer anything that would be hazardous because he only really changes his mind once they get themselves into physical like the chance of physical harm with the fizzy lifting drinks. The fizzy lifting drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he is an ass for just deciding to steal the fizzy lifting drinks. But if you were there, wouldn't you want to try it out first? Let's just say that for one, one, 
Spider-Man. Yeah, but he's not like, we got to get out of here until his own personal physical safety has been threatened. His own physical personal safety. Yeah. It's kind of hard to uh, Im- imply that or infer that. Which one is it? I think it's infer. As far as that goes, uh, I mean, he didn't really say get get the hell out of there because they ended up going on to the next thing. Like, what happened after the fizzy lifting drinks? They went to the... So they go... Was it the nut room or the TV room after the no, fizzy, fizzy lifting, lifting drinks? Uh, I think it's the nut room. What no. happened after the fizzy lifting drinks? I don't remember exactly when that happened. I thought that was at the very end. Once you were stealing, it gets nothing. Blah, 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 blah. Fizzy lifting drinks. I don't remember either. Anyway, so anyway, he uh, it didn't happen right at the end. It happened sometime in the middle, and I think, I think at the very least, Mike TV was still there with them. But uh, other than that, I I don't. He obviously was like, well, it didn't really. I don't think he was motivated. I don't know how you can see him as the villain there. Honestly, that if you're gonna infer that from, or you're gonna imply that he's the villain because he decided he wanted to try something crazy, then you have to no, say no, that. No, no, I'm saying that after the first kid got harmed, that he wasn't like, you know, we gotta stop this tour so we know that that kid is safe. Oh, oh, so oh, so you're saying that because um, Hans or whatever the hell his name was got injured or sucked up into a thing that he was he yeah, should have he should have said this is crazy we should get out of here. Yeah. Well, like you can't you can't argue that just against Grandpa Joe. You should be arguing that against every single guardian that was there with the children. Like we should get the fuck out of here. Well, this, I don't disagree with that, but they're not the main characters. That's true. But you can't you can't argue that he's the main villain based on but based on that, then you'd have to say that the all the parents are the villains. Then we'd have to then it's anarchy. Then we just decide that we're gonna argue that the mother is actually the main villain. She's the one who's pulling the strings with Wonka. She's she's like an old college bestie or something and she's like yeah, I've been emailing the whole time. Yeah. I think we should make our own conspiracy theory here and the have the mother be the one that's crazy she's like wonka i need to teach my grandpa joe a lesson or my my father joe a lesson he's kind of an ass and uh you know what let's put the kid in danger too uh it's so uh, that he doesn't go down the wrong path (laughs) cc tricking kids and and father yes oh son of a bitch i keep dropping your can (laughs) but solely based on that no i i don't think you can say that he's the villain that's not convincing enough evidence. What's your What's your next one? <laughs> Hit me <laughs> up. Uh, gotta have one. I know you gotta have one. I thought you were gonna bring up the fact that he's kind of a psychopath in the uh, in the boat. He is. He is a bit of a psychopath in the boat. But like, I would just explain that away as this being the ride of his lifetime. Because who the hell gets to go on a crazy LSD trip for the second time? Yeah, that's true. I I think. Uh, you know, in the the testing room, where he uh, encourages Charlie to take uh, one of the things, I think could be interpreted as, uh, you know, uh, corrupt motivations too. Because uh, you know, he's they've already seen the testing like, all, room, all the things Which that. Room? Wait, could, what are we talking about? What testing? The room? Testing room. 
Testing you for remember what? the testing room? It's uh, the the room where they have the experimental candy. Oh, did he tell him to test something? It, yeah, he told him. He encouraged him to take something. They were offering it, but uh, he encouraged him to take it. And oh. At that point, like they've seen, like at least <laughs> I've seen at kid. least four or five different things that could have killed them at any one point. Right. And experienced it by that point, I think. I think that's directly after the boat as well. So they just experienced, like, some gestalt terror. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, try this thing that's definitely not yeah, 100% safe. They've definitely experienced some sort of CIA-related torture where they were given some sort of experimental drug put on a boat thrown into a tunnel where the lights just kept going. Yeah. And now they've come out the other side and they're just like, yeah, this guy is still safe to be around. Yeah, I, they're they're weird, I don't know. but they're like, yeah, just yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's can't just candy like You can't. If anything, if anything Grandpa Joe is the minion in this case because Willy Wonka is really the mastermind behind all of this crazy bullshit. Yeah, but by that logic, even if he's serving Willy Wonka, he's consciously doing so. That doesn't make him the overarching villain. That just make, means he's a pawn in Wonka's schemes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I, ch I choose to, to believe. <laughs> and just for, the, just for the audience at home, I, I actually do believe Grandpa Joe is in some way the overarching presence of evil inside of this particular uh, story. I'm just arguing against it because it's more fun that way. I mean, somebody's got to be the devil's advocate. It's not interesting if everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's not like we're yes men and we're just talking about it. And there are some things that I would say are totally bullshit, like uh, like the whole boat thing, him being a psychopath. You could play that off as it being the biggest ride of his lifetime, and he's just enjoying it. Although, for everyone else, they seem to be going crazy. Who who knows? He yeah. might he might have actually he might have been part of uh, World War One or you know the War of eighteen twelve. I don't know. And he enjoyed having killing people. Some PTSD. And he's just I mean he should be having shell shock of or PTSD or something, but he's not. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all I got. That's all you got to argue. I mean. We're gonna let we're gonna let you guys decide at home. This was just sort of a special working kind of thing that we're just deciding on. We got plenty more. Um, I think the next one we'll do is probably the Big Lebowski. That one's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna argue that uh, Donnie is a fictional figment of Walter Sobchak's imagination. He was a friend that died in Nam alongside him, and um, you're gonna argue against that. You're gonna say that he's real the whole time. Yep, I've got to rewatch that. To as do I, as do I. It's been it's been quite a while. I'll have to put that on the big boob tube. But yeah, tell us uh, tell us how you guys decided uh, if you believe the conspiracy theory that Grandpa Joe is the overarching evil presence in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or if you agree with me that he's not the overarching evil presence. He just happens to be a minion of the overarching evil presence. <laughs> <laughs> so, hit us up on uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit hit us up on Facebook at Seven Days to RSG, letting us know how you like it. Uh, you can also rate our uh, our content on Podchaser. 
Um, so please do that. We'd like to hear some reviews. We'd like to know what you like, what you don't like. And um, that's it from us. Ryan, say goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. We wish you seven days to rock and stone, guys. Rock and stone. Later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.